From the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey in Charleston, South Carolina, this is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint for Week 11 of the National Football League 2020 season. Jeremy Schilling here and Luke Morrow is here. Good morning, host of the Morrow Midday Show. Uh, weekdays, noon to 3 on ESPN, 98.9 FM, Charleston, and on charlestonsportsradio.com. Oh, look at you getting that in nice and early. Good morning. Yes, within the first 30 seconds. Yeah, how about that? I, 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 I am a professional, you know. That's true, absolutely. <laughs> I am a professional. You can listen to me normally every Wednesday at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, though I don't know what time this week's... Uh, this week's appearance will be. I have ideas for this week's segment, but we don't want to bog people down with with episodes. We'll call that a tease. Yes, we'll call that a tease. We have some interesting content. Um, speaking of interesting content, it, you, there's 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 going to be two sprints here within the next couple of days because Pittsburgh Baltimore is the nightcap on Thanksgiving, and Washington Dallas is the four thirty game on Thanksgiving. Which leads me to Tennessee Baltimore today at 1 p.m. This is going to be a game that's going to be played in the rain, a battle of two six and three teams in two different divisions. But what's interesting about this game, Luke, is that you have been saying that you have not liked what you've seen from Lamar Jackson in terms of being a dominant offensive figure this year. And Tennessee has been able to do this multiple ways. And because of that, this could be a nice playoff preview for Baltimore and a nice playoff test for Tennessee. And what John Harbaugh has to try to do in a really short week to get ready for a Pittsburgh team that's just rolling. And oh, by the way, faces Jacksonville today and should be 10-0 and coming into Thursday night. Yeah, this is a big test really for both these teams. But you look at the AFC, right now Baltimore has the final wild card spot and the Titans are behind them. But you have, if you include the Colts who are division leaders, uh, you have uh, six teams in the AFC that are 6-3 and three that are fighting for the last four spots if you include the Colts. But really it's just the three wild card spots, five teams at 6-3. and three. And two of them are, are playing each other today. Uh, Ravens, Titans, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, I haven't been too high on either one of these. For the Ravens, this is a tough stretch, like you said, because you get the Titans now, and then you have to deal with the Steelers on a short week, which is an even more important game. Uh, for the Ravens, as you touched on, it's been Lamar Jackson, who has not looked the same. The offense has been as dynamic this year. I, I think defenses have found a way to make things tough around him. But for the Titans as well, the Titans, you know, they started 5-0. and There just seemed to be something off. Four of their five wins were by single digits. I never really bought into the talent on this roster, and now they've lost uh, three out of their last four games. If the Ravens lose today, they would have lost, I think, three out of their last four. So there are two teams that aren't playing the best football of late, and that's what makes today interesting is that I'm curious to see which one will take that step forward to show that they are, in fact, a, a playoff team or are going to remain in this race in the AFC. The Ravens are favored by about a touchdown for a reason, which I find surprising. So Vegas obviously likes them more. Uh, but I'm not too uh, too high on either one of these teams in terms of trying to make a run in the AFC. Where are you in terms of who's the best team in the American Football Conference? It's a good question. I mean, the Chiefs would be a safe pick because of what they accomplished last year. Many times you have Pat Mahomes. And, and, you know, they are 8-1, and one, and... That one loss was, was to the Raiders when they gave up a double-digit lead, but 
Uh, I've been big into the Steelers all year. I mean, for, for one, they're undefeated, so you can't take that away from them. But I think the Steelers are the most well-rounded. Uh, they have uh, one of the best defenses in the league, and their offense has been good enough. Roethlisberger's been playing well this year. And I know people are turned off by their close victories. Like, their point differential isn't as great at 9-0 and as you would expect. That's always kind of been the Steelers' style. Uh, you know, they play to the level of their competition. They'll win ugly. So winning by, you know, single digits or not blowing out bad teams, I'm not overly concerned by that. As long as you win in the end, and I trust Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger and that defense. So the Chiefs would be the easy pick, but I actually I think I, I'm more impressed with the, the Steelers because I think they're uh, more well-rounded than Kansas City. Okay, we shall see how that turns out. Um, I want to touch briefly on a game that that should be a a fairly... Well, it's an interesting game on, on multiple levels, but it has more interest for my money in terms of, of next Sunday afternoon at 425 on the CBS television network. You may be familiar with that channel, Luke. Um, yep. Uh, sorry, not the CBS Television Network. Sorry, I am looking at the wrong game. But you you look at because because we'll get to the Bucks. I forgot that it was Patrick Bucks instead of Saints Bucks. Um, but you look at that game against the Falcons, and I'm gonna sneeze. Or maybe I'm not gonna sneeze. But you look at um, Taysom Hill getting the start over. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, talk about Falcons Saints, please. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, this becomes a game that suddenly is one of the games to watch today just because of that quarterback decision by the Saints. And I was very surprised by it. I was just reading the article from uh, Adam Schefter, I think it was, or at least he tweeted it this morning on ESPN.com about how it wasn't an easy decision for Sean Payton. A lot of people in the organization still disagree with this move. Personally, I disagree with the move. Uh, to go with Taysom Hills, your starting quarterback, over Jameis Winston. Uh, Sean Payton, for whatever reason, has always had that love for Taysom Hills. Just look at the contract they gave him and the amount of times they try to shoehorn him into the, the playbook uh, each week. So I'm very curious to see what he does as a quarterback. You, you know, he's thrown 18 career passes. He hasn't thrown a touchdown pass since he was at BYU four years ago. Uh, that was the last time he started at quarterback. So I'm very intrigued. Now, could be a good week to do it because you go up against the Falcons, who have one of the worst defenses in the league. However, the Falcons have had extra time to get ready for this game. And if it wasn't for some bad clock management, they would be 4-0 under Raheem Morris. The defense is up playing better during that stretch. So this suddenly has become a very intriguing game in the sense that let's see what Taysom Hill can do and bring to the table. Uh, let's see if it's some sort of smoke and mirror offense or if he's actually going to drop back and throw it around, you know, 25 times. Um, and he's doing it against the Falcons team, which are playing really well. First of all, thank you for reading my mind um, and allowing me to ask the question without being able to ask it. Number two, do you think there's a chance this is a smoke screen and Jameis Winston will actually have a big role this week? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I've seen some. I, I saw someone who covers the Saints uh, speculate that you know that they after the news came out on Friday, they were saying that they still had a made a decision. Uh, I've seen other people say that Taysom Hill maybe will just come out for the first play and then right. And and sorry to interrupt for a second, but I but, but I believe per NFL rules, the Saints are not doing anything incorrect 
by naming Taysom Hill the starter. They can do whatever they want. It's not like they're breaking any rules or anything involving who actually gets the majority of the snaps, correct? As far as I understand it, if I'm yeah. a coach, I would be lying all the time. I don't know why I have to give out this information. So, you know, if I'm Sean Payton, I'd, I'd, play, I'd, I'd play all sorts of games. And there are two totally different quarterbacks to prepare for. So, you know, you, you set them up for Taysom Hill, then you throw out Jameis Winston. That's quite the curveball. It uh, really is quite the curveball. Um, this has impacts, obviously, across the entire NFC. And we find out last night that it's almost double the amount of broken ribs that Drew Brees suffered. So, obviously, there's a huge impact there. And we'll see how this impacts going down the line. But I'm with you. I, 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 I have a hard time envisioning Taysom Hill being the every single down quarterback for the Saints. I have a lot more confidence that it's going to be Jameis Winston compared to Taysom Hill, unless they're going to do some kind of weird gimmicky thing, which we haven't seen. This brings me to Jets Chargers, because speaking of gimmicks, the fact that the Jets are still a football team is gimmicky. Sam Darnold is out indefinitely, and um, that's a problem for the Jets because they can't evaluate the defense. I'm going to give folks a fantasy uh, teaser here. Jets uh, cut uh, uh, cut the zier. They have a banged up secondary. Um, I'm just saying that if Justin Herbert is in rhythm today, it's going to be a long day for the Jets defense in terms of the cornerbacks. Don't be surprised if Marcus May starts playing some cornerback for them. Um, this is a huge day for the Chargers offense to um, just explode and, and get some rhythm. And neither of these teams are really going anywhere, but I just wanted to point that out for any fantasy fans. Uh, we then move on to the Vikings, 4-5 and five against the Cowboys, 2-7 and seven on the Fox television network at 425. Is there any reason we should talk about this game, sir? Uh, just in the sense that the Vikings, you know, if you win, you get back to 500, and, and they're hanging around there somehow in the NFC wildcard. But it shows uh, how far the Cowboys have fallen because today this is not the the national, this is not the game of the week. Instead, it's the Packers, Colts, and the Cowboys, Vikings are only on pretty much in their own markets. Shows you how uh, kind of irrelevant the Cowboys have become this year. Yes, exactly. Okay, so. You wrap all this together, and it brings me to Cleveland, Philly. Because this is going to end up being the battle for the National Football Conference. Because we have all these teams that are bottled up. And for those who need a, a refresher, the Eagles are 3-5-1. and one, The Giants are 3-7-1. and one, The football team is 2-7-0. and oh, The Cowboys are 2-7-0. and oh, the two seven and O teams play each other on Thursday after both playing today. The Giants are off, which brings us to Philly, um, who can get to four five and one today. Who is the best team in the National Football League? Sorry, the National Football Conference Eastern Division, Luke. Because I have no idea. At some time, I actually think it's the Giants of all people sometimes. I was going to say so. I was going to say that I thought it was the Eagles. But going off of just the last couple of weeks, the Eagles 
haven't uh, gotten things on track like I thought they would as they started to get healthier and, and later in the season. And the Giants have played well the last couple of weeks. And doing so, you know, Daniel Jones, when he doesn't turn over the football, and that's been a big if, yes. the offense can play pretty well. And under Joe Judge, first-year head coach, they seem to be getting better. The defense has been improving. Who knows what happened this week with Mark Colombo and Joe Judge. But it seems like he's had this team moving in the right direction. You can see the pieces. They play hard. I think it could be the Giants. But it's hard to say that about a team that's you know three that was just one and seven two weeks ago. Uh, we'll find out, I guess, in the coming weeks. We shall. All right. Now we have three games that are actually between good teams that could be playoff previews, um, or in one case, playoff previews. In terms of Packers Colts, what intrigues me about this game is that this is the classic situation where you have a Colts team that's on the ups, you have a new quarterback, and Aaron Rodgers comes in in rhythm and just absolutely demolishes a team that thinks they're on the rise. Yet the line for this game is Colts by two. A, why is that? And B, am I way off saying that this is a Packers-dominating win today? I mean, I could see that. Anytime with Aaron Rodgers, uh, it, it could be. Uh, but for Green Bay, I mean, you look at this past week against Jacksonville, they won by only four at home. And really, if you watch the game, I mean, they had plenty of opportunities to lose that game. Uh, they played some, some closer games. Um, we were concerned after the Vikings lost about even their performance against the Niners. This matchup against Indianapolis, I've been on the Colts bandwagon. I think the Colts, I've said for most of the year, they're the best team in that division. And in this matchup today in particular, you know, the, the uh, Colts uh, have one of the top defenses in the league. They get after the quarterback. They can make things difficult for Aaron Rodgers, who's on the road even without, you know, any fans. Meanwhile, on the flip side, Phillip Rivers has struggled when he's pressured and when you can force him into mistakes. But the Packers have forced the third fewest turnovers this year, and they're not in the top ten in sacks either. So I think Phillip Rivers could be comfortable. They have a good offensive line. We know that the Packers have struggled against the run. I think it could be a tough matchup for Green Bay today because I think Rivers could stay in the pocket comfortably. They could run the football on Green Bay. On the flip side, Aaron Rodgers uh, is going up against a tough defense that pressures the quarterback. So I think there's an opportunity here for the Colts to make Rodgers uncomfortable, Phillip Rivers to have a good game. And I think uh, certainly there's an opportunity for the Colts to win this game. I, I, I think they've kind of gone under, gone under the radar. When Phillip Rivers plays well, this is a really good team. Chiefs, Raiders, one of these teams is upset about the way fans acted about a bus or the way the bus acted after a win. I'm slightly confused as to why things involving a bus made headlines this week. The bottom line is the Chiefs are the better team. The Raiders stink. I know this game is in Vegas, but I really don't care. Um, I think your chances of a rogue player during COVID actually go down and it helps anybody who has to go through Vegas. This should be a sizable Chiefs win. The line shows it being seven and a half. That would be what ten and a half if it was uh, a Chief home game, Luke. I I, I believe. Um, uh, thir- thirteen and a half. Yes, thirteen and a half. So, what the heck is up with a bus, and why is a bus a motivating factor for this week, for one of these right. teams? Yeah, I think uh, well, I think Andy Reid is just using this as a reason to motivate them. But I think it's a great story. After the Raiders came back and beat the Chiefs in Kansas City, Gruden and the Raiders took a victory lap around the stadium on the bus, which I think is fantastic. I love that story. Uh, perfect, John Gruden. Now, why does this matter? What? What? Why the heck should we worry about a bus taking a victory lap? And what? It got in the way of the players being able to leave the stadium if it, you know to their cars if it's the Chiefs, like. 
I, to me, this is nitpicking on something when, in fact, this is going to be in the trenches. And if Patrick Mahomes doesn't have stupid turnovers and if, you know, they're able to establish the pass rush and establish offensive rhythm, this is an easy Chiefs win. Yeah, you would think so, and that's why they're favored by as much as they are. Right, so that's just why I'm confused about the impact of a bus. That, that, that is just why. Sorry, that, that, that's just me on my high horse, but I, I, I don't get some of these motivating factors sometimes. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, both in board material, put a chip on the guy's shoulders. Um, but bad week for the Raiders to have to quarantine uh, almost their entire defense this week because of contact tracing when you have to go up against Kansas City. The Chiefs will be motivated not only losing that first game, this whole bus thing as well. They'll come into L.A. I could see I, I see why Kansas City's favored by as much. I would like to think the Raiders could keep it close or give the Chiefs a hard time because uh, the Raiders, I do think, are also one of those underrated teams. But after what happened in the first game, uh, the Chiefs have had extra time to prepare. Andy Reid's really good off a of bye. I could see Kansas City rolling in and taking it out on uh, the, the Raiders tonight, winning by double digits. Bucks Rams. The Bucks have been inconsistent. They get a, they get a large uh, win um, against the Panthers last week. The Rams are six and three. Why the heck are we believing in the Rams? I feel like they're the new Bears. I have not seen enough evidence to woo me. I don't think Tampa. As I've said many times, I think this is going to be the Miami Heat LeBron first year equivalent deal. Um, but I do think that that they're better than the Rams. And I don't know why we're still talking about the Rams as a, as a possible good team in the National Football Conference. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, they are similar to the Bears with a slightly better offense. Uh, but, you know, it's been over a month now since they've scored more than 24 points in a game uh, led by Sean McVay. So I, I'm not impressed with the offense. And now you have to deal with uh, losing Andrew Whitworth, who... You know, he's probably their best offensive lineman still, even though he's almost 40. And Tampa Bay does a great job of pressuring the quarterback. They have a really good defense. They have the number one rush defense, so they'll make it tough on Jared Goff. He's down the lineman. He's not all that. He's not very mobile enough. Exactly. I was going to say the same thing. He's not, he's not somebody. It, when he's frazzled, he looks nervous. He gets that, like, Mark Sanchez, like, I'm nervous look to him. Yeah, yeah, I don't trust them. And on the flip side, Tampa Bay, I think the Saints are just a bad matchup for them. Otherwise, they're seven and one, so they've been playing good football this year outside of the two games against New Orleans. And I think they interesting. Hmm. So you think they're better than their record says they are? Interesting. Yeah, I've been on the Bucks uh, bandwagon as well. I do think that they are the best team in the NFC in terms of uh, potential or just on paper. Um, and again, outside of the Saints, I mean, yeah, they have played well, seven and one. I think they win on Monday as well. Luke, we're at the end of the show, and instead of saying "oh," I feel like we covered like seven games. So I, <laughs> I feel like I somehow overstacked today's program for some reason. Maybe it was because yeah, I, I sneezed. Right. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> so we won't let you say "oh," and you're back in like two days anyway. So you know. Yeah, that's the, true. there's that. Um, look, for my money, uh, the game of the of the day is Packers Colts, but I'll be watching Jets Chargers for reasons unknown to man. Um, 
I guess you have to watch Vikings-Cowboys to be a fan of your team, even though you probably want to run away from that game. Oh, I'll be locked in. <laughs> hey, anytime you get a chance to beat the Cowboys, that's you, know, you, don't, you don't want to try to pass that up. So I hope the Vikings get it done today. Uh, what's your game of the day? Yeah, Chiefs-Raiders. Um, uh, I'd like to think the Raiders keep it close. They have one, statistically, they actually have one of the best offenses in the, in the league. And so... Uh, Sunday Night Football. I think the Raiders uh, could try to keep things interesting. Could be a good high-scoring game. Are you saying, Luke, that you've been that you'll be waiting all day for Sunday night? Uh, no, not quite. <laughs> I'll be I'll be busy watching the other games, and then that's just going to be the next game that comes on my TV. I'm not actually waiting around for it. So you know, I kind of agree with, with the idea of the silly the silly nature of the song. <laughs> It took you a second, and then you realized what I was asking. Um, just took you a second. Um, my sleeper game, excuse me, um, my sleeper game is um, Pats Texans, because for some odd reason, if you look at the AFC East standings, Seven and three Bills, six and three Dolphins. That's not legit. Four and five Pats. I think the Pats end the season as the second team in that conference and as uh, in, in that division. And they're right now number ten in the wild card standings with Tennessee and Cleveland in front of them. I think they overtake Cleveland and make a run at that. And then if they overtake the Dolphins, they would be potentially in the playoffs. So I think this is a big game for the Pats. It's rare that I've complimented anything about New England, but that's my thoughts there. Yeah, amazing. Uh, I'm actually with you because I think we've touched on any other game with relevance. Uh, and if the Patriots win today, as they should, suddenly, yeah, that's three straight wins. They're 500, like you said. And right back in the thick of things, and who would be doubting Bill Belichick down the home stretch? So... Uh, suddenly, with the win today, they become a lot more interesting in the AFC, and I think they will get that win. Uh, the game to watch golf during the RSM Classic um, on the PGA Tour, Robert Streb looking for his first win in three years. Uh, in uh, six years, excuse me. He has a three-shot lead, which is why three entered my head. Your Jets are always the obvious choice. I'm the Steelers, Jaguars. Now, again, the Steelers always play at the level of their competition. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a one-score game, you know, in the fourth quarter. It could be an intriguing game. But uh, the Jaguars bore me, and the Steelers are a much better team, and the Steelers should handle them. Detroit, Carolina is the other one. I have I, – I, I'm sorry if you're in, in an area that's receiving that game because you should not Thank be you. receiving that game. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Person, player, figure, whatever to watch. I always go obvious. Taysom Hill. I'm very curious to see, A, you know, is this going to be his game? Is he going to take pretty much every snap under center? And then, B, what is it going to look like? I'm surprised by this move. Maybe Sean Payton will show me. Hey, he just he knows more. He's the smartest guy in, the, in, the, in that building. But I'm very surprised by the move. Every single college athlete in America. Can you please behave yourselves? This is getting ridiculous. Can you please behave yourselves? You can't have situations where people and 
fly to these games, put themselves at risk, and then the day of they get canceled. This is getting ridiculous. Can can we all please behave ourselves, America? Please? Yes, please. I mean, I can't imagine. You're somebody who talks Clemson every day on your show. And I cannot imagine what tomorrow's going to be like for Collins, assuming yeah. the phone lines uh, work. <laughs> I know a lot of uh, frustrated and upset uh, Clemson fans out there. Uh, yeah, that was something. That was the first time we've actually had a, a cancellation or postponement like that day of. So uh, hopefully that doesn't happen again. Yeah, I, I just cannot imagine. And, and look, they did it for the right reasons. <clears throat> if someone's positive and traveled with the team and interacted with others, that's, an, that's, a, that, that, that's a big red flag. The right move was made. But I just can't imagine you get so geared up and you go through a, a, a game plan and you practice and then it's like, whoops, okay. And then you look at these teams out west that are ha- having to find opponents within six days of each other. I mean, it's gotten just wacky in college sports. It really has, Luke. Very wacky. I mean, you have, uh, I think it's Arizona uh, State who hasn't played a game yet, and then other teams who have played 10 games. So it's, it's all over the map. Yes. I mean, what if the only unbeaten is a team that plays like three games and it's like 3-0? and I know. It's going to be tough to, make, to try to compare these teams having all played different numbers of games and only in their conference so you don't get that, that cross-contamination, if you will, for lack of a better term to uh, judge, you know, conferences against conferences. You know who's the big winner in this scenario? Who's that? People like you who talk for a living. Gives you lots of things to talk about. I just root for interesting. I don't root for any team. I just root for interesting. This has certainly been an interesting year. (laughs) Yes. Although we do know who you root for in the National Football League. That's true. Go Vikings. I hope they win today. (laughs) Knock on wood. Thank you, Luke. We'll see you in a couple days. Sounds good. Enjoy your football next, like, 48 hours, and then we'll see you again for more talk about the National Football League. See ya.